listening to the coffee hour i'm andy bates i'm sarah golseth thanks to concordia university wisconsin for supporting the coffee hour you can find out more about concordia university wisconsin at cuw.edu live uncommon we are at the lwml national convention in milwaukee and today we have the chance to sit down with some friends and learn more about what their organization does and what they've been up to joining us today the reverend ed and cheryl dewitt founders of redeeming life outreach and I, I was going to say in Florida, but it's starting to grow into other states as well. So we're going to learn more about that as well. Welcome to the Coffee Hour. Thank, Thank you. you. Well, thanks for spending some time with us. I know you've got a busy booth here at the LWML convention, and we know that you're here to meet people and not just talk with us. So we thank you for making some time at our booth as well to spend some time with us. Yeah. Now, Cheryl, I think we talked like it, it's been more than a year, maybe two years since we last talked about Redeeming Life Outreach. Help us refresh our memories. What is Redeeming Life Outreach? Redeeming Life Outreach Ministries is was established to provide maternity home living for women in crisis pregnancies, women who are trying to make a life choice for their child but don't feel like they have the resources, love, and support that they need to make that choice. So we were inspired years ago to do this work, and because of a personal circumstance in our life, the Lord pushed us forward, and here we are 10 years later not only operating our homes in Florida, but also expanding to the Northern Illinois District. Now, did you say homes in Florida? Do you have multiple? We do. We have two homes. We have the maternity home, which is where the women reside when they're pregnant and first postpartum. Mm -hmm. And then if they're eligible and desire to move on after a year, they can move into our transitional house for an additional two years. That's So what we do is we really try to help deeply and permanently. Mm-hmm. So we, the, our program from beginning to end is three full years. What would that look like over the last, you said, 10 years later now? What has that journey been like for both of you from when you were inspired to do this work to now where you are doing all of this work with these, these two homes and also expanding into Illinois? What has that journey been like for you getting to this point? I, hmm. So... This is something, again, that that we've talked about doing back when I was in seminary. We went to Mm. a Lutherans for Life event and came away from there saying, you know, they do wonderful work and their message is is fantastic, but aren't we sort of like putting women between a rock and a hard spot? And so we talked about how wonderful it'd be to be able to provide a a place for these women to go. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, then life happened and we kind of set it on side burner. Anyway, we ended up in this little church in Sanford, Florida, called Lutheran Church of Redeemer. And our daughter came home from college pregnant. And one Sunday, when she wasn't yet showing, she, she responded to something that I say every Sunday, which is, does anybody have anything they want to share with the family? Katie stood up. And she's told them what had happened. And she said, I'm not asking for your forgiveness because I know Jesus forgives me, but what I'm asking for is your support. My baby and I need you in our life. Not a dry eye in the place, including me, and you can see it (laughs) wells up now even. Mm -hmm. And so we knew then that we were at the right place to start this maternity home. And I had been talking about it with some, some other church brothers of mine, and all of a sudden money came in. We got a check 
for like ten thousand dollars for for the for the women's home. And so then we knew that we were at the right place at the right time. And so, yeah. And, and then Katie had her baby. She came out one night. She was living with us because she needed our support. And so she's, she's like, Mom and Dad, we really need to do this maternity home. If it weren't for my faith, my family, my church family, my education, I don't know what I would have done. She said, I know I wouldn't have aborted him, but I don't know what I would have done. And so... Again, we knew it was the right time. Yeah. And so from, from there, other people heard about what we, we were planning and, and yeah. So it's, it's just been, it's been a, an amazing walk mm-hmm. to, see, to see how God moves other people to have a heart for, for this kind of ministry. Mm-hmm. So You asked about the journey, and the journey's been interesting. So for me, I was an insurance professional, <laughs> and I really had to step out and give up my job, my career, mm. and become what's called an executive director. Um, mm. Had really, I felt like no vision or talent for this per se, <laughs> and but you know God was persistent. And what I've said the, across this entire journey over the last ten years is when I don't know. If I'm not skilled in something, God always provides somebody for me. <laughs> and that's been just a great faith enhancer, you know, to really be able to say, you know, I don't know, but I'm sure that the, he will provide and that there's so many resources, deep resources within our church body and, and so much help there for us. So the journey's been amazing, just an amazing journey, not to mention the women that we get to know and love and care for. Mm-hmm. And not just the women, but the babies. Babies, the babies. you get to hold babies. I bet we do. I yeah. get to baptize babies. Oh. Yeah, I talk about awesome. crying all the time. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's delightful to have a baby in my arms almost every Sunday morning. So. Oh wow. Yeah. So the moms don't generally get to hold the babies during church because a parishioner <laughs> wants them, or I want them, or something. Everybody wants. To Everybody hold the wants the babies. Of course, right. and, and they're they're beautiful. And we just recently had a. One of the biggest things, the blessings that we get to experience is the baptism of a baby. Mm. And just recently, in February, I believe it was, we had a double honor to baptize a mother and a baby together on the same day. Oh. So those are always special days when you, when you get to do that. I, I tell people, anyone can do social ministry. You know, you don't have to be a Christian to do that. But what we do is Christian social ministry. And mm. our top job is to make sure that these women know who Jesus is know how deeply he loves them and how worthy they are. That's something they don't hear in their life, that they're worthy and good enough. Actually, they hear the exact opposite of that. Mm-hmm. So to be able to be that voice to them, that voice of Jesus who, who is comforting and loving always is, is remarkable, and it's beautiful to watch them start their walk with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Well, and there are... There are difficult times, too. Mm-hmm. We had a, a young lady who gave birth prematurely. Mm-hmm. And uh, Cheryl got to baptize that baby in the NICU. And it wasn't too many days later that, uh, that I got a call from our deaconess, and we needed to go to the hospital. Yeah. So we were able to be there with the mother 
while she was holding her baby in her arms, taking its last breaths. <laughs> There's no greater honor than to be invited into a situation like that. Yeah. To be able to be there for her and to, to be Christ for her in that moment. So... Well, none we're of us all have crying now. <laughs> <laughs> none of us have dry eyes. We're out of tissue packs, too. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, how do you have the opportunity to connect with the women who need this support? How are you able to, uh, how do they find you, I okay. guess, is the, the question. How are women who are in, in need of that care and that support that Redeeming Life provides, how are they able to connect with you? We have several ways that we try to be out in the community. We have a website. A lot of times the women in today's world, they're Googling everything. So they're looking for pregnant need help, or pregnant need housing. So we have a, obviously an internet presence. But we also work through the pregnancy centers. Any pregnancy center we can really across the entire nation because we take women from anywhere into in, our homes. But especially the local presence, the local pregnancy centers who are out there doing the daily work of talking women off of the abortion ledge. Mm -hmm. So we are a resource after that happens, generally speaking. So they do that beginning work, those pregnancy tests, those ultrasounds, which are saving lives every day. And then we do the supportive care after that. So that we get them multiple ways. Through the pregnancy centers is a great way. Our hospital systems, we try to, in each community that we're in, we network through them. And also, of course, through the government health departments and things like that. So we do a lot of getting the word out to our local community as well. But I would say the number one way that we that women learn about what we're doing in the general world is through our website. We have an online application process that we go through. We are learning about Redeeming Life Outreach Ministries with Reverend Ed and Cheryl DeWitt. We are at the LWML National Convention in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We'll continue the conversation in just a moment right here on The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We are chatting with friends from Redeeming Life Outreach Ministries, Reverend Ed and Cheryl DeWitt, who are founders of Redeeming Life Outreach Ministries. We are at the LWL Convention in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, learning about the, the work that the Lord has given you to care for women and their babies, especially in a very critical time. Now, you mentioned earlier that Redeeming Life is able to provide care for them through that pregnancy, and then also... The, the, after the pregnancy as well, if they need that transitional time as well. And I don't know if I've learned a lot about that yet in our conversations in the past. <laughs> Tell us more about that, that after the baby is born, what kind of support is still available for women there? Sure. The women, you generally stay until in the maternity home until about six months postpartum. 
And then the babies are starting to get mobile and, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> having different needs. So the program for transitional living is optional and they have to qualify. So they have to met their savings goals and all the other programmatic work that our deaconess does with them and have the desire to move to the transition house. That house is a little more independent living. Our goal is to take the women from dependence on public aid and things like that to total independent living financially and otherwise. So they move into the transitional house and without a house mom, so they're they're living a little more independently, but they're still in the arms of the ministry. They still have case management with our deaconess and they still come to church and Bible study. So it's basically a stepping out program where we're just preparing them to be a little more independent and while continuing their savings goals and, and so forth. Now you mentioned the programmatic things, the saving tools. What does that initial maternity home look like? What does that look like day to day? I know mm-hmm. that a, there's not really a typical day, right. but what does that look like for the women who actually live there? The typical day really starts fairly early. It depends on if the babies are born or not. But our rule of thumb is that by nine in the morning, the women are up, showered, bedroom, ready for bedroom inspection, breakfast eaten and cleaned up, and they're ready for their day no later than 9 a.m. The reality of that is that there is a work requirement at the program, so they at least have to work a little bit part-time, if they, especially if they're going to school. They can just do part-time work in school. But they're out a lot earlier than that because, like you all, your day probably starts before 9 a.m., right? <laughs> but, but that is our, our cutoff that we by then you have to be up and actively working on your life. So if you're not employed yet when you first come in, then you've got lots of program assignments that our deaconess assigns and works with them on. And they work through that during the day if they're not employed while they're seeking active employment. How did you develop a structure like this? I mean, (laughs) you you mentioned earlier, this is, you know, your first venture into a a, a ministry like this. How did you even develop, know where to begin developing a structure for a home, a maternity home? We we structured it based on a family. How does a healthy Christian family operate? And and also, what are the what do successful people do? You know, they have generally a routine. They have, they follow the rules, or at least you know, try. <laughs> and so we, that that was kind of what we started our steering committee looking into this. What should it look like? What what could it look like? And it's it's developed over the years, but the core is really still the same. Where we have that. Nine o'clock in the morning rule. We have a 10 o'clock curfew. We have quiet time. We have chore time. And one of the things that we do is we eat dinner together as a family, or they do. Mm -hmm. So the house mother and the women and the babies all gather at the table at 6 o'clock or 6.15, and they eat a meal. And that really helps them to develop relationships and to also see what healthy families do. So that's, that's sort of how we created it. And we said, what, what would a healthy family do in this situation or that situation? And it helps us in everything. Helps, helps us with conflict re- resolution, yeah. with, you know, relationship building it, in, in a lot of different areas. So that's kind of how we, we just figured it out kind of as we went along. And again, God provided. How has this changed over the year? Has, has the need changed over the years, especially recently with, with all of the Roe v. Wade decision and all of these other abortion rulings that are happening across the country. Have you seen a change in the need for support like this? We haven't really felt that the mm-hmm. way that the pregnancy centers have. Or, okay. And we're not really on their radar mm-hmm. because I think it's because 
we're after the decision abortion's already made mm-hmm. uh, or non, not to abort is already made. So we're not as targeted. So the, the, the need is basically the same. What we are seeing, though, is we're moving into the northern Illinois district, mm-hmm. which is very exciting. So that's going to be our first expansion home. And Illinois has some of the most ab- aggressive abortion laws in our entire country. Mm-hmm. Some people call it the abortion capital of the Midwest. Mm-hmm. So we feel like we're in the right spot there to start in the greater Chicago area. Beautiful, beautiful support from the people of the NID. I mean, they are so excited and have really hung with us over this two-year period where we've been trying to acquire the home and so forth. And so I think what we're going to do now as we expand, I don't want to jump ahead, but our, our goal is to really challenge the Lutheran Church and to have them help us put one home in every geographical district of our Senate. Mm-hmm. And we can do this. We have enough people. We have the depth of people. We have the depth of resources. And so that's my challenge to the to the dear people of the LCMS is we have a treasure in God's grace and we need to share it with people who have made life choices and support them and help them to get on their feet. So, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I know we love sharing this story. It's so inspiring to hear the work that you're doing. And and I mean, the need for this is there. How, what is the need for this kind of maternity home? What, how do you see this helping these women transition into, into a different life? It's pretty incredible some of the turnarounds that these women have made. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I think of one woman who was in recovery, and we stayed with her through her pregnancy. She had had to place her two older children for adoption. So she was really in a very serious place and wanted to keep this child, but she suffers from alcoholism. And uh, watching her life transform, even after she had a mistake, she made a—in AA, they call it a slip when you have a night out and you're not supposed to. She was— post-baby. She was still living with us. And we basically have a zero tolerance rule for drugs and alcohol. But we got a call one night and we had to go out and make a tough decision. And we had to call the Department of Children and Families. Hardest thing our deaconess and I have ever done. Mm -hmm. But to make a long story short, they came and got the baby. And for the next year, that mom showed up at our office the next morning after she got bailed out of jail. Mm -hmm. And she says, I know I have to leave. And Sorry. We just couldn't, mm-hmm. we couldn't make her leave because it was at her point of most need, you know, that she really needed to know that we were going to stay with her and that God would not abandon her either. Mm-hmm. So she lost her child for a mm-hmm. short time, for almost a year, actually. And we worked with her and the Department of Children and Families. And for that solid year, while she worked a parenting plan and worked on her sobriety some more, and the really beautiful part about this story is that she started an AA group at our church. Oh, wow. So that's what's transformative in a life, and that she's following God. And does she still struggle with alcoholism? Yeah. You know, but she's making it. And, and, she, and we feel like we did the right thing by breaking our own rules. Yeah. <laughs> now, Pastor Ed, you yes. shared that one of the privileges you have as pastor is you get to baptize mm. lots of babies and sometimes <laughs> moms as well. What other duties yeah. do you have as, as pastor and, and co-founder of uh, Redeeming Life Outreach Ministries? Well, so there's, there's like, there, there's a spiritual side and then there's the practical side. Mm-hmm. Spiritual side, when the women are, are being interviewed, they're, they're told that, that they, will, they will go to church because that's what healthy families do. And they will, they will go through my instruction class. 
not because we're trying to turn them into little Lutherans, but because they need to know why we do what we do. One of the, one of the first residents we had said to me one evening, Pastor, why do you do this? Nobody does for people what you do for them. And I told her, I said, just stick with me through this class. And when we're done, you'll understand completely. And, and many, a majority of, of the women, as they go through the instruction class, when we get to that part about baptism, they're like, Pastor, I want that for my baby. I want my baby to be adopted into God's family. And so, so yeah, I get to baptize a lot of the babies from the maternity home and, again, the mothers that, that haven't been baptized either. So um, that's, that's the spiritual side, and, and sometimes they just want to come and talk. The other side is I've got a, my prior career before seminary, I was a director of real estate for Hardee's, the, the fast food restaurant. Mm-hmm. So I've got a lot of experience in real estate. Mm-hmm. So, and, and expanding. So that has really paid dividends for us as we look at this expansion of the maternity home. Mm-hmm. You know, experiencing contracts, closing, zoning, all of, all of those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So we, yeah, we are, we're postured as far as, as far as who we are for this expansion. It's amazing how God gives you the talents and, and mm. skills that you're going to need for something that you couldn't even imagine exactly. would be happening in your life. That, yeah. That's amazing. Let's talk more about the expansion into Illinois. Where you are, where are you in in the process for this? What's happening with this expansion in Illinois? Well, we're delighted to say that we have received all the permits necessary to move forward with our renovation. Oh. We're going to be in the East Dundee community. Real, right next to Emmanuel Lutheran Church. That's Pastor Yonker, mm-hmm. his church. And that's where our girls will worship and go to Bible study. So we are, we are moving forward now that we have the permits in place. Contractors working hard to get everybody lined up. And we're hearing, I always hesitate to give out a number, at least 120 days. So we're going to have a soft opening, hopefully in the fall. And then we're going to celebrate with everyone in the spring when the Chicago weather permits the grand opening of this of this first expansion project and we have learned so much mm-hmm. and and to prepare us for for future expansion if that's God's will and you presented a challenge earlier and I want to give yeah. you another opportunity to talk about that challenge again and how districts and congregations can can make this bring the same concept the same outreach to their districts as well yeah, it really just takes someone reaching out to us and saying, we want to do this here. Our first contact then would be to the district president. We work so closely with President Buss, and he has been an amazing support for us and helping us get get involved in his district. So I really do want people to understand we want one of these in every district. Again, we can do this positive pro-life work and, and people respond to it. They, that's, you know, the financial support that we've received from all over, you know, for, because people like the fact that we're doing something about the problem. And, or at least for the women who do choose life, that we're there to support them. So mm-hmm. contact us through our website, through however you can reach me. I'm, <laughs> I'll give you my cell phone if you want it. But <laughs> we, it's really a matter of capacity for us, trying to figure out where's the most important place to go first, and that's going to be where there's going to be a willing partner. Mm-hmm. Website. What's the website? It is rlom.org. 
Pretty awesome. simple. That's redeeminglifeoutreachministries.org. And there's a info at rlom.org also if you want to send an email. And our contact information is on the website. RLOM.org. My guests today, the Reverend Ed and Cheryl DeWitt, founders of Redeeming Life Outreach Ministries. Thank you so much for spending time with us on The Coffee Thank Hour. Thank you. My pleasure. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.